What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited for this week's episode because if you are listening to this live on the day that it comes out, this will be the day that I am doing the walkthrough of my brand new house, and then tomorrow I'll be getting the keys. Very, very, very exciting times. Can you guys believe I actually bought this house without ever seeing it? Like, I literally, like, I've never seen it. I've never seen it until today when you're listening to this. I'll be seeing it for the first time. Hopefully I like it. (laughs) We'll see. So crazy. Just went full trust mode, full surrender mode with this whole process. But I'm excited for this week's episode because I'm going to be talking to you guys about the journey from like how I got to where I am essentially and what that really looked like and why this is like such a nonsensical, illogical miracle that's happening in my life right now. So I kind of tell you the story of where I was three years ago, how broke I was, what life looked like, and all the way up to now. And I also share with you the three spiritual beliefs that really changed my life. And we kind of expand on them and talk about how they can impact you and your journey. So if you are here for all of that, then keep listening. I can't wait to share this episode with you. Before we dive in, I want to remind you guys that From Burnt Out to Badass is now open. Yes, it's back. There's been so many of you in my DMs lately that were suspecting that this was coming, and I'm so excited that it's back. This program is my signature life coaching program. So if you're one of our listeners who's not a business owner or an entrepreneur yet or never wants to be, this program might be the thing that you've been desiring. So this is our signature mindset manifestation evolve, transform, and change your life type program where we cover all of the tools, concepts, and philosophies, spiritual work, all the things that really shifted and changed my life and has radically changed the lives of hundreds of women at this point because this will be the ninth time that we run this program. So if you are interested in From Burnt Out to Badass, click the link in the show notes below or the link in my bio on Instagram at underscore Samantha Daily to read more about the program, what's included, and if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me and send me a DM on Instagram. But just wanted to give you a quick reminder that the doors are open. We used to run this program like three times a year and now it's basically maybe once a year, maybe twice. It's just being becoming less and less over time because there's new programs and new projects and things are always evolving and changing in the business. So if you've been waiting for it, this is your opportunity. Do not waste it. Go check it out and let me know if you have any questions. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. lately and it's been really powerful for me even just to realize all of the change and transformation that's taken place in my life over the past three-ish years and I thought I would sit down and record an episode to share some of it with you guys just my insights what I've noticed things that have really changed the game for me and just to give an example or a picture of what is possible when you really commit to the larger vision that you have for your life and you're unafraid of doing the work and investing in yourself and showing up in that way. So obviously I've just bought a house, which is the most like out of body wild experience that I could imagine. And I have to share The reason that I want to give some context to this is because there is no logical reason. (laughs) There is no logical reason for anyone to believe that I would be buying this type of condo on the coast, on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. Like 
there's no logical reason that that should be happening, but it is. And this is what I love so much about manifestation and doing the deeper inner work on yourself is that your life starts to defy logic. And I'm seeing that happening in so many ways. It's unfolding before my eyes. Like this should not be happening to me, but it is. And it's because of all of the ways that I've shifted my subconscious thinking, you know, the the mindset work that I've done over the years, my devotion to my personal growth, all of the learnings and investing and coaches and everything that I've done has led me to this place. So to give you some context as to why I feel like it's such a wild and crazy thing that I was able to buy this house is because one, I bought the house completely by myself. So obviously I'm going to be living there with Jaime, but he is in his immigration process right now to get his green card in the U.S. So he's not working uh, because he's not legally allowed to. And so that means we are a one income household between the two of us right now. And So I had to, you know, I had to prove all of my income and all of my finances and how the business operates and everything like that in order for us to get approved for this house and for them to see, you know, uh, proof of funds and that we had enough money to pay for it and all of that. So that's the first thing is like, you know, I'm 28 years old and I just did this all by myself, which to me is a miracle in and of itself. Um... The second thing is that this condo that I bought is much more expensive than any home my parents have ever owned, any home that I've ever lived in. And I've lived in I've lived in nice homes. Like it's not like I I grew up poor, you know, my my parents do really well. Um but this house is much more expensive than any house than that they've ever owned. And that's a wild experience too of, you know, being a first time home buyer. I bought this all by myself on a single income from a business that I created, that I built, that is a reflection of me and my personality and the knowledge in my head. And that I was able to do it at this level. So that's the second thing that's wild to me about this experience. And the third thing which is arguably the most important thing is that two and a half years ago, I was broke, you guys. Broke. Like, I'm pretty sure I qualified. (laughs) Whatever the definition is of broke, I'm pretty sure I qualified. Because let's just do a recap of the situation of what was happening, right? So I'm, we'll go back to where this all started. I'm 22 years old, right? I just graduated college. I decide I'm going to decline my corporate job offers and I'm going to move to Spain because I had studied abroad there and I met this guy and I wasn't ready to go into the corporate workforce. I had done internships and things and it scared the shit out of me, the idea of sitting in a cubicle every day from nine to five. And I just felt like I you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was passionate enough about marketing and PR and communications to actually just like start doing that forever and have that be my life until I was able to hopefully retire someday. So, so that scared me out of wanting to do that. And I just felt so misaligned with that path. So I said, you know what, this is the moment in time in my life where I really don't have any strings attached to me, which I know is few and far between that we get moments like that where, you know, we all like in that time, obviously I was graduating college. So all of my friends were also kind of moving away to other cities where they had gotten jobs and everybody's kind of going their separate ways. So it's a a moment where you sort of feel free to make your big decision of where you want to go. So, you know, I wasn't attached to like a certain town or a city or a friend group because everybody was doing their own thing anyway after graduation. And I didn't have a pet. Like I didn't have a dog at the time. I didn't have 
a lease. I didn't have a home. I didn't have, um, I didn't have a job yet because I had decided not to take the job offers, you know? So it was just like this, this very unique time in life where I was like, wow, like I literally, there's nothing holding me back. Absolutely nothing. The only thing that could potentially hold me back is myself. And I decided to not let that happen. So as you guys know, we've told this story a lot on the podcast, but if you're newer around here, I decided after graduation that I was going to decline my job offer in Chicago and instead just move to Spain and be an English teacher in the schools. And because that's the way that you can kind of get a visa to get over there. There's lots of programs that allow you to do that and just be able to date this guy from the same city and travel more and meet people and explore the world and hopefully become fluent in Spanish, which I ended up doing, which served its purpose. So no regrets there. And obviously you guys know still with the guy, like (laughs) it ended up being a great decision, but it was scary at the time. So I'm 22, right? I moved to Spain that's when my my spiritual awakening started happening and I went on this whole personal development path to really solve my own issues that I had been experiencing for the last couple of years in college and after graduation around body image and you know obsessive workouts and restricting diets and all that kind of stuff so that was where that journey began but So basically I'm in my early 20s and I'm living in Spain. I'm living in a foreign country and I'm on a student visa teaching English in the schools as an English teaching assistant. And the money that you make in these jobs is really just enough to survive and maybe have a little bit of fun. But it's not really enough to have like a a big savings and there's also no security with it because there's no you have no retirement fund like none of it's going towards anything except for just making sure that you can live your life while you're in that country so I'm earning around 1,200 let's say sometimes it was a little less than that sometimes it was a little more than that it just depended on Um, what school I was in and you know I had some other jobs where I was teaching in an academy which in in that job it was a little bit more but it's around 1,200 a month euros that is I think I said dollars before it was euros so you know that works out to be like pretty comparable in dollars let's say like 1,000 Okay, I just looked it up because I didn't want to say something inaccurate. But it's funny. I, I put in 1,200 euros and it came out to be 1,222 US dollars, 222. So that's cute for us. We love that. <laughs> but anyway, just to give you an idea of currency and, and what was going on. So that was the amount of money that I was typically earning a month. But there are some caveats to this. The first is that my rent was... a month and then I also had to pay for any bills, groceries, transportation, any you know things that I wanted to do just as a human like if I wanted to go out to lunch or I wanted to go shopping with my friends or wanted to go to a movie or like do something. Um, So you know half of my well and, and there was taxes on that so what I ended up getting every month was a little bit less. So about 50% of my paycheck every month went to rent alone and then I had the remaining 50% that had to cover all of my expenses and anything that I wanted to do that month. So you know there were a lot of times that I would get to the end of the month and I would have to text Jaime and be like hey can you send me like 15 bucks because like, you know, my, my, um, my gym payment is gonna, they're gonna charge me and I don't have enough in my, in my account. Or he specifically remembers a time where I asked him for a few dollars to get a drink with a friend because I didn't have any money left. And I would, I would always like pay him back, but it just shows I really was like living paycheck to paycheck and trying to make ends meet and if they were ever late on paying us teachers there were these Facebook groups of all of the you know the the American teachers over there 
and people would be in the group like, did you get paid yet? Like, why is it late? Has anyone gotten paid? What bank do you have? Blah, blah, blah. Like people would freak out because it really was, we were really, really living on a tight budget. And if we were not paid on time, it's like we didn't, we didn't have money to live. We didn't have money. People were asking us for money for rent and, you know, maybe our, our Metro card payment we needed to be able to get to school, to go to work. Like we weren't going to be able to pay for it. So it was like very much a paycheck to paycheck situation. The other caveat to this is that from June 15th until September 15th, we were not paid because it was summer vacation for the schools there. So, you know, you've got June to July, July to August, August to September. That's three full months without pay. In addition to this, which is just hilarious, in addition to this, once you started working, once the school year started again in September, and we started working around the 15th, it was always like the midpoint of the month. And at that point, you are just like dirt poor. Like you don't have fucking anything because you haven't been paid for three months. And when you are getting paid during the year, you don't have any money to save because you need it all to, you know, cover your expenses. So anyway, we're all just like freaking dirt poor by this September time. And what's hilarious is that they wouldn't even pay us until October. So we would have to work a full month before they would give us that first month of pay. So summers were always like super, super tough. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before because Jaime's birthday, he's a Gemini in June and his birthday always falls like right before we ended the school year and all of our payments would get cut off. And so it was always this like stressful time of year and it was upsetting to me because I could never like take him out to a nice dinner or buy him a nice gift or go on a trip together or do anything fun because I knew that I was going to be poor for the next three months and I really four months actually because I wouldn't get paid until October and so I just really had to save as much money as I could so for more than a quarter of the year the financial situation that I was in was very not okay. And so in that time, you know, I'd have to do other things to make money. I would have to teach private classes or, you know, some people tried to get other types of jobs. However, when you are in Europe and you're an American, you're not allowed technically to work. And so with the types of visas that we were on, you weren't allowed to be working. You you were only allowed to be doing the work that we did in the schools because it was part of our like a student visa. So it was really challenging for me and for all the rest of us to figure out how to really make ends meet. And, you know, thankfully Jaime was, he's always had good jobs and um, he was able to kind of carry the weight for us during that time and pay for things that, that we needed. He covered the groceries, everything that we may have needed for storm for our dog. And, you know, I was just very limited to what I could do and how much fun I could have really in the summers because unless Jaime was paying for it, you know, I didn't really have much to work with. So I tell this story really just to give some deeper context about where I actually was and what the financial situation actually was like when I started building my business. And to think about the fact now that, you know, it's, less than three years down the track and I'm able to buy a half million dollar condo by myself like for me that's a really really big deal and I know that there's a lot of women who listen to this podcast who probably feel like you know the abundance that they are craving in their life is so far away or it feels like it's so big that maybe it could never happen to them or maybe they'll have to wait a really long time for it and i've just been feeling called to share this lately because i'm blown away by my own like timeline and it's not to rush anybody else as well you know it's not to feel like oh you're not going fast enough if you haven't 
been able to cultivate the level of abundance that you desire in a short amount of time. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. But I do think that a lot of the time we cast our dreams and our desires for how we want our life to look so far out into the future that it creates a belief system that it's that it, it's going to be far away or that it's going to be really hard to get there. And, you know, there's obviously been parts of the journey that, yes, have been hard. They've been challenging. But I think life is like hard and challenging regardless of whether you're pursuing your dreams or not. You know, some may argue that it's harder when you aren't pursuing your bigger dreams or your passions, you know? So like I had to go to work every day and also build my business. But then after a year and a half, I didn't have to go to work anymore. I could just run my business. So yes, it would be challenging and hard for me emotionally, physically, and spiritually to continue to go to a job that I hate every single day. And it would also be hard for me to go to that job that I hate and build a business in my only free time. But what I was doing was I was creating, I was allowing and creating space for there to be a more easeful solution at some point down the path where I don't have to go to that job and I don't have to grind as hard in my business and I can just create the things that I want to create and I can live from an intuitive space and all my time is mine. I get to decide what I do every single day. I create my schedule. I don't ever have to ask for a day off anymore. I get to, you know, buy the home that I've been dreaming about that's right on the water. I can wake up every single morning to floor to ceiling windows and look out and see the palm trees and the beach and go walk along the ocean for my morning walks. So it's really about choosing your hard because it's hard to keep doing what you're doing and it's hard to make change. And I think that's where so many of us get caught up or get stuck is, you know, we assume that if it's aligned, if it's right, that it should feel completely easy. You know, if this, if this coach or this course or this program or this move or this new job or this whatever is actually aligned for me, it'll just all work out perfectly and it'll be super easy and it'll feel super easy the entire time. I don't really think that that's how it works. I think that any time that we decide to step across that threshold of our comfort zone and go out into the unknown and say, hey universe, here I am. I'm choosing to be brave enough to do something new, to disrupt my patterns, to invest in myself, to make change in my life, that it will feel like you're being thrown out to sea a little bit in the beginning. And you've got to learn how to navigate those rough waters. And sometimes the roughest part of that is really just figuring out your own thoughts. Because I think if you're thrown out to sea and, you know, you've got this, you're trying to survive all of these thrashing waves, most of the time those waves are just your perception of what's going on. It's not actually what's happening. It's just what you are telling yourself is happening. It's your anxious mind. It's your egoic thoughts that are saying, this is scary. This is not safe. Maybe this wasn't the right decision. I don't trust myself to make this work. What if, what if, what if? Maybe this is going to happen. I should just go back. I shouldn't have done this. Who am I? Oh my God. What are they going to think of me? I can't do this. It's not working. What if I fail? All the things, right? It's, it's, it's your mind. And so I do think a large part of navigating the hard that you choose is becoming aware of your perception of that hard. And as long as it's a hard, a version of hard that you have chosen because you know that it's leading you to something greater, then 
you will be able, you'll be more able to find ways to soothe those anxious thoughts than if you are living in a version of hard that feels like it wasn't a choice. It's not something that you wanted. It's not leading you towards your dreams or your passion or your goals. It's just this dead end road to more discomfort, more pain, more annoyance, more frustration. In that case, it's a lot more challenging to calm those anxious thoughts and to feel like you're truly on the right path. So being being discerning between what is the hard that you actually want to choose. And even though it feels like it might be so extremely challenging and fearful and doubtful and sketchy and uncertain to do the thing that you know that you want to do, perhaps it is the best version of hard that you could choose. So I wanted to share with you guys three spiritual beliefs that really changed my life while I was on this journey of obviously going through my own spiritual awakening, doing all of my own deep personal development work, and then coming to the place of realizing that I really wanted to help others and teach women and guide them through these experiences and building my business. These are three of the beliefs that really, really changed things for me in terms of you know, like a a spiritual lens, right? There's so many beliefs that I've adopted over the years that have freaking, you know, blew me wide open and changed everything for me in terms of even like money and success and so many other things. But I'm going to focus on these three spiritual beliefs that changed my life for today's episode because these are the ones that probably helped me the most when I was early on in that journey. So the first one is very simple and you may hear me say this a lot or you may hear other people say this a lot or you may already say this a lot yourself, but it's everything is always working out for me. And I think sometimes we forget that the the actual power of choosing to use this language and to affirm this over and over again and to actually experience what it feels like to believe that. Because when I first heard this belief or this mantra, this affirmation of everything is always working out for me, my initial gut reaction was, but sometimes it's not. Like, that's not true, you know? And so it did take me a while of implementing this and obviously doing some spiritual study to really understand what this truly means, where it's actually coming from, and how I could adopt it as a firm belief within my subconscious programming. And once I got to a place of actually believing that everything is always working out for me, it like life just felt so much easier. That's the best way that I could describe it. And even in this process of buying my house, you know, there were a lot of things I shared in the bonus episode recently. There were a lot of very highly stressful things that happened that were trying to shake my faith of whether or not I would be able to get this house and actually move and if everything would be okay. You know, there was a lot going on that was extremely anxiety inducing. And Thankfully, because I had already established this belief that everything is always working out for me, even though I would have anxious, stressful, doubtful, fearful thoughts come up in my conscious mind, there was a part of my subconscious, a part of my body that just knew that it was going to be okay. And I remember talking about this with Jaime and my mom. I think we were in the kitchen one day and we were talking about all the drama that was going down and, you know, these these things that were coming up in the home buying process that were kind of trying to derail us and that may affect our ability to be able to get the house. And, you know, we were all very stressed out about it. And, you know, we were thinking like, okay, what, what if this happens, what should we do? And what if they say this? And I can't believe, you know, they said this and sh- like trying to come up with a plan of, of how to navigate everything that was happening. And I, I said, you know, I think we should do this. And I was definitely very stressed and very scared. But then I also said, but I just feel like it's all going to be okay. And Jaime looked at me and he was like, 
yeah, it's so weird, but me too. Me too. Even though shit was literally, literally hitting the fan, like so bad, there was still a part of me in my body that even though my head was like going all crazy and being stressed, my body was was calling me to come back and it was like, everything's going to be okay. It's I just felt that I knew that to be true. And so actually establishing that belief for myself has made things like that so much easier to navigate. I, you know, looking back on this whole process of, of getting the house, I don't even know that I would have been able to navigate all of that and move through it with the grace that I did if I hadn't been on this path, if I hadn't been doing this work for so many years. So that's number one. Number two is when I listen to my intuition, I get closer to everything that I desire. And I love this one because first of all, it's proven itself to be true over and over again. But a lot of times we think that listening to our intuition could potentially steer us wrong because we don't fully trust our intuition yet. We don't know what it sounds like. We don't know what it feels like. So we get these intuitive pings and then we decide to override it because the mind tells us, no, 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 that's not safe or that can't be right. Or this will be better or this will be safer. So just do this. And so, you know, people, a lot of people have that experience of feeling like actually maybe listening to their intuition could steer them in the wrong direction. It could maybe be an untrustworthy source because our intuition a lot of times doesn't make total sense. Like it's kind of illogical. And so it'll tell you to do things. You'll get the ping or the nudge, however you want to look at it, to do something or to go for something or to quit something or to start something or to stop something. And you'll be like, but that doesn't make sense. Like, how am I going to make money then? Or how am I going to be safe then? Or what if that doesn't work out? And then I'm upset because I let the one thing go that I actually had. And how do I know that something better is going to come along if I don't see that on the horizon yet, right? It doesn't actually make sense. There's not facts supporting it. There's not evidence to show you ahead of time. Yes, everything's going to be okay. Like we have to believe that that is the case. We have to be able to feel that and believe that without seeing that. And that's what is so challenging for so many people is they're not willing to believe something if they can't see it. And because your logical mind, because your ego mind is based off of factual information, past experiences, things that you've seen happen to others or yourself, it feels safer because you can see the evidence that supports the logical thought. But it doesn't mean that the logical thought is always the best option. It doesn't mean that it's always the right choice. It doesn't even mean that it's always the safest option. You know, some, some logical thought that tells you that you should stay in this relationship or stay in this job, it could feel safe because you're like, yeah, you know, I don't want to not have a job. I don't want to be unemployed. I don't want to not have someone who loves me. Like maybe nothing better will come along, but potentially staying in that job or in that relationship, even though your ego is telling you that it's safer and you could see factually that, yeah, that's probably the case. You may find out a few months or years down the track that that was actually detrimental to your health, mental and physical, that it broke you down, that it turned you into a shell of yourself, that you lost yourself in that job or in that relationship, that you now feel so far gone, so detached and removed from your spirit of who you actually are and what you desire out of life. So we've got to be careful with the way that the ego tries to make us think that things are safe because it's not always true. Although that is the job of the ego is to protect us and to use factual information and past memories and future projections to help keep us safe. It's not always right. It's not always fully accurate. So I love this belief of when I listen to my intuition, I get closer to everything that I desire because I've never once listened to my intuition and regretted it or felt like, oh, I shouldn't have done that or whoa, that was like totally wrong. What the fuck? Or intuition, why did you tell me to do that? That turned out to be total shit. Like that's never, that's never happened. 
But I'm sure we can all relate. There's been times where our ego has told us, hang on longer. No, just be grateful. It's just you. It'll change. It'll get better. Don't worry. Just stay. Keep going. Try harder. (laughs) And then we found out, fuck, (laughs) that wasn't actually great advice. That wasn't actually right for me. That wasn't actually what was best for me. So, you know, following your intuition and listening to that can feel scarier But in my lived experience, it is much more accurate in terms of what is truly best for you and getting you closer to those things that you desire. Number three is if it's important to me, it's important to the universe. And I've been saying this a lot lately this year. I love this so much. If it's important to me, it's important to the universe because it reminds you that no matter what your desire is, no matter what you want to create, it's not too much. It's not too little. It's not too silly. It's not too superficial. It's not too anything. It's just right because if it's important to you, then it's important to the universe. And the way that this belief has really helped me is in understanding that if I feel the desire for something, I'm allowed to trust that it is coming from a deeper place. It's not just this frivolous thing of, oh, you know, I want that or it would be nice to have that. When you have a real deep desire for something, you've got to be able to trust that your desires are the language of the soul. Something else that I say a lot which goes hand in hand with this belief, right? So if your desires are the language of the soul and it's your soul trying to speak to you in whispers to guide you and give you those breadcrumbs that are going to get you to the place that you are destined to go, then of course those things would be important to the universe. And of course the universe would want to support you in receiving those things. But as we know, It's a little bit more complex than that simply because we are in a co-creation relationship. And so even if it's important to the universe and the universe wants us to have the things that we desire, we also have to be willing to show up and do the work. We have to claim those desires, own those desires, step forward for those desires, do the work for those desires, take action on those desires. And then we get to see the magic of the universe come into play and say, yes, okay, now we're playing. My turn. Let me go. Let me show you how good it gets to be. We always have to go first though. Because the universe is never going to know that you're ready until you step forward. Until you claim it. Until you take bold action that proves you are in a space of saying and claiming This is who I am now. This is what I want now. This is what I deserve now. I'm here to claim it now. And then the universe goes, oh, okay, that's very clear. Very, very clear. I see you and I raise you, right? This is the game of chess that we get to play with the universe. But so many of us are terrified to take the first step, to take that first bold action that says, here I am, universe, show me what you've got. I'm ready. I already made my moves. Where are yours? We're terrified to do that. So we just sit and wait. Like, oh, you know, maybe if, it, maybe if I get a sign, maybe if, you know, I see some opportunities, maybe if I, if something happens, maybe if more money comes, maybe if I suddenly for some random reason have more time, maybe if, maybe if, maybe if, maybe if, then I'll do it. Mm-mm. Have fun waiting. (laughs) Have fun sitting around waiting for that to happen, sis. (laughs) So you can trust that if it's important to you, it's important to the universe, but you've got to be willing to own that and to step forward in that and to take action on that or else you're not really going to receive it, right? If And this is an an important thing that it's made me think of this about when it comes to money and investing in yourself. If you are wanting to make a change in your life, if you're desiring to attract more abundance, right? An abundance of love, an abundance of enjoyment, of fulfillment, of money, of all the things, but you are not following the nudges from your intuition to take bold action, to actually invest in the things that you desire, 
then you're not going to be a match for that abundance of money, love, and opportunity. Because abundance is a two-way street, right? Especially when we talk about money, money likes to flow. It needs to be coming in, but it also needs to be going out. So if you've got an iron grip on your money and you're terrified of letting go of it or putting it towards something that feels like a soul desire for you, then how can you expect for it to flow back in? It's like kinking the hose. If if money was water and it was running through a hose and you just were like, oh, I have to like save it all or hold on to it or I can't let go of any of it or I can't invest any of it. It's like you kinking the hose. You stop the entire flow of water. When we block the flow of money from going out, especially when it's attached to an intuitive pang or a soul desire, we also block the flow of money from coming in. And this is what so many people don't realize. And you can hear everybody and their mother talk about it. You can hear all the coaches, you know, spiel about it on their Instagram, on podcasts, everywhere. But until you actually do it for yourself and you experience, holy shit, that's actually so true, you'll never really be able to understand the, the depth and the magic of this truth. Because it's, it's weird. We do, the ego mind doesn't want to allow us to believe that. We're like, oh, you know, it's probably just like a sales tactic or something. Like, I don't, you know, saving money is good. And saving money is good. This is not about spending all of your money or being irresponsible with your money or investing in something that's going to put you in, you know, financial distress or danger. I'm not a fan of that. I do not promote that. And I do not hope or encourage any of my current potential or future clients to ever do that with anything that I sell or offer. But there are times when we could be spending money, we could be investing money, we could be contributing to that economic flow, and we are not because we're afraid. And I've... I've had to sit with this a lot in the process of buying this house because it's a lot of money that's like going out of my bank account in one moment, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in one day to flow out of my bank account. And no matter where you are at in life, to see a large percentage of the money that you've worked hard for or cultivated in this lifetime be removed from your bank account is, it can be scary. And I've had to remind myself, like, I'm not going to kink the hose. I'm not going to hold myself back from this desire just because I'm scared that it won't come back to me or that I won't get more of it or that I'm, you know, what if I stop earning money and then I'm totally screwed and I can't afford this. Of course, all the fearful, doubtful thoughts come up whenever you're about to make a big investment of any kind. But it's about really knowing how to navigate those things without giving so much credit and importance to the ego mind and to those thoughts. If I were to entertain the fearful or you know, scarcity-based thoughts that came up as I was buying the house, maybe I wouldn't buy it. And then I would convince myself, I don't need, this is too nice of a place. I don't need a place like this. I don't need to be this close to the beach. I don't need, you know, to be in a building this nice that has all these amenities. I don't need to have the floor-to-ceiling windows. I don't need to have two bedrooms. I don't need, I don't need, like, I'm being greedy. This is too much. I should just, you know, get something smaller, more affordable, something safer. And I think like there's probably, I mean, my parents are probably watching me shop for houses being like, bitch, (laughs) like don't try to be like out of your league, you know? But the thing is, is that I knew, I knew how all of this worked energetically. And I know that every dollar I spend is going to come back to me multiplied. So what feels really expansive is for me to listen to my intuitive desires because I want this place. I want to be close to the beach. 
I desire that for myself so deeply. I was not willing to settle on that. You know, there's, we could have gotten so many other places much more easily where the dog would have been totally allowed and accepted and it would have been more affordable and all the things if we were just willing to get further away from the coast. But I wouldn't budge on that because that was the sole desire. And I'm in a place now in my life and in my journey where I know that my desires are the language of the soul. And they are the breadcrumbs that lead me to exactly where I'm meant to go. And having this place in this specific location is going to change things for me because my environment is going to impact my energy and the way that I show up as a leader and as a coach and as a guide, and I'm going to feel more in my power and I'm going to feel more inspired and my creativity is going to flow. And so how could I go wrong if I'm listening to that intuitive desire to have what I want to have? And I just have to trust that all of that money is going to come back to me and more. And how exciting is that to think about? You know, you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and then you picture it flowing right back towards you in in the millions that feels so exciting so hell yeah let's do it let's invest let's go for it I just feel so strongly that I cannot I cannot go wrong if I'm listening to my intuition because like belief number two when I listen to my intuition I get closer to everything that I desire and like belief number three If it's important to me, it's important to the universe. And I know that it's all going to fall into place as it should because, because it has to. Because according to belief number one, everything is always working out for me. We just did a little full circle there with all of those beliefs. So anyway... I hope this storytelling and sharing of these beliefs was helpful for you guys, motivated or inspired you in some way, or just felt like a conversation that was able to kind of get you back on track with your own mindset and how you're perceiving of your life and your big dreams and the things that you're desiring and having the courage to listen to your intuition. So I just want to remind you that From Burnt Out to Badass is now open for enrollment And this is the program where I teach all of the principles, all of the tools, all of the modalities and the things that helped me along my journey that we've been talking about, you know, this path that I've been on over the past three years, all the way from being completely broke as a teacher's assistant to buying my dream house. This is the information that changed my life. And at this point, it's changed hundreds of women's lives because this will be the ninth time that we run this program. It does look a little bit different now, um, but I'm excited to put it back out in the world and gift this resource to any woman who's wanting to learn these tools. So, you know, maybe you hate your job, but you don't see a way out or you are really tired of the people pleasing and showing up for others more than you show up for yourself. Maybe you have a deep desire to be more financially free or to attract a healthy, loving relationship. Um, Maybe you want to transform your mindset and cultivate more self-love so that you can finally feel confident online or in your body or as a leader. Maybe you have ambitious goals that you want to crush in your career or in your life, but you're feeling stuck or paralyzed by the sense of self-doubt and imposter syndrome. And all of these things are, are things that at some point I've experienced throughout my journey. And I, I really want to say that I've been in your shoes if you resonate with, with any of those. But I also want to remind you that the answer is usually not to just work harder or suck it up or to just be grateful for what you have. Because what you actually need is to stop abandoning yourself. You need to start choosing you first and foremost over everything else in a radical way to get reacquainted with your inherent value and the divine power that lives within you and to remember that your desires are not an accident. Like we've been talking about all throughout this episode, your desires are not an accident. They are pure divinity running through your veins 
encouraging you to take action and create the life that you've always dreamed of. If you feel the pull, if you feel the call to do this work, it means that you're being asked to step forward. You're being called to something bigger and better. There's more available for you in life. If you are desiring more, it means that there is more. If you can see the possibility of more, it means it's available to you. But what are you going to do about it? Only you can take that first step. So if you are ready to ascend and go on this journey and learn all of the tools and principles and concepts and modalities and everything that fully fucking changed my life, (laughs) then you're going to want to get a seat inside this round of From Burnt Out to Badass. So click the link in the show notes below or the link in my bio on Instagram at underscore Samantha Daily, where you can read all the details, everything that we'll cover, you know, all the modules, the the topics that are included, prices, all of that stuff. And if you guys have any questions, you can always reach out to me on Instagram. You can shoot me a DM, Um, but this is going to be the last round, the last time that I offer this program this year. So we're offering it less and less because it's, um, you know, there's just other projects and big things that I've been creating in my business that are taking precedent more and more as we move forward. Um, so this program is getting offered less and less frequently. We used to do it three, three or four times a year, and now it's kind of more like once, maybe twice. So if you've been waiting for this to come back, it's here. It's your opportunity now. Don't miss it. Get in before the doors close and send me a DM if you have any questions or you're curious about you know, figuring out if this is actually going to be a fit for you or just understanding more of what the program looks like. So... Love you guys so much and I will talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to take a screenshot and share it to your stories. Tag me at underscore Samantha Daily and at Makeshift Happen Podcast. I love you so much. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.